Many years ago, I went to the doctor. Uh, let me put it another way. On an occasion many years ago, when I went to the doctor, she turned out to be a locum. Very nice lady, fixed up whatever it was I asked her about. Then she said the terrible, in hindsight, words, is there anything else? I wish I had said, no, doctor, I don't want to take up any more of your valuable time than I already have. Thank you so much and goodbye. But no. I said something like, well, there is one small thing. I really wouldn't mention it unless you'd asked. It's my legs, Doctor. They twitch a bit sometimes when I'm watching telly. Oh, she said, I've just the thing. It's new, totally safe, and you can't get addicted to it. It's called Lyrica. Jolly name that. What could possibly go wrong? So I thanked her again, and shortly after that, blissfully, but invisibly to me at the moment, went downhill. Just before, shortly after, came immediately. That bit was brilliant. I hadn't realised how tense my legs had been. Once the magic pills had taken effect, I watched TV in total comfort. This went on perfectly. I took my pills when I remembered them, but never missed a day. Until the pharmacist changed hands, which it did just as my pills ran out. I missed a day. I started twitching, but much worse than ever before, and almost every time I sat down, TV or not TV, I twitched. I now totally doubted the accuracy of my doctor's understanding of the efficacy of Lyrica. When the pharmacy handover was finally completed, I got my pills back and discovered a second inaccuracy in the locum's description. I needed twice the dose to stop the newly increased twitching. All was good, though. No twitches, undisturbed telly, no problem. Sadly, however, I missed taking the pills again a few months later. All my own fault that time. Full sense of security, I think. But once I remembered, shaken back to consciousness by my legs, I found that even the doubled dose was no longer sufficient to still me. I had to take even more. I did, and that sort of worked. No total stillness. I twitched a bit from time to time, but nothing terrible. I was about as twitchy as I had been before starting Lyrica. Rather poor show. No better than before, I started and now basically addicted to a pill that did nothing for me. Thank you. Then we emigrated. The pills in Australia were very similar, but after a year or so of semi-controlled twitching, I noticed a side effect. I started looking for arguments with car drivers. Not a great plan, because I'm a pedestrian. Incredibly, on exactly the other side of the road from where we lived was a sleep clinic. I also snored, you see. I had noticed that my father had snored. It was not hard to notice. The walls used to shake. I timed his breathing once. One breath per minute followed by a tremendous in-breath snore. I wondered how badly I snored, so I got an app for that, but it didn't work. The idea was that the app would record my snoring and tell me how long they lasted. All I got on replay was several hundred short files with one snore in each. After a while, I realised the app had shut down between my snores. In the silence of my sleep apnea, the walk across the road 
was no barrier to me. I did it again. I attended a sleep session and had a full night's examination. Head to toe in wires, a mask clamped to my face, and with a chap staying up all night to see me not sleep, hear me snore, and rather unexpectedly, recalled the until then unknown fact that I twitched in my sleep. My wife knew all about that, but oddly she got used to it, the twitches being far less irritating than the snoring, masking it totally. So that is why I was seldom awake, bright and breezy after a good night's sleep. Clearly I was never getting one. What to do? The clinic cunningly had a CPAP sales office in the building. Handy that. Continuous positive airway pressure machines push air down the nose and stop the mouth parts vibrating. So I got a CPAP machine for the snoring. And that could be a story in itself, but the good doc is the chap in the focus at the moment, and he heard my worries about augmentation, which I had discovered was the medical term for addiction, when the medication concerned was the prescribed drug. He put me on reduced Lyrica and added some Cifrol to the mix. This worked for all but the newfound love of anger. So I dropped the Lyrica totally and upped the Cifrol and became, for the first time in my recorded history, a silent, solid sleeper with restful TV-watching action. All good, but not for long. The augmentation had not forgotten what to do to bugger my life up, and for some reason it wanted to, and just did that. Slowly over the months and the years that followed, I felt the need to further up the dose. Now, back in the UK, I had the option to ask a new doctor the same old questions. And after just a few more doctors, I got a new answer and it has generated a new theory. It is that my jolting is a sort of epilepsy of the neurons in the limbs. I can't deliberately make a limb move that way it does all by itself. It moves faster than I can copy. Also, the actual jerk is always before I really know about it. It takes about a third of a second for signals to reach the brain, so I'm told, or leave the brain and arrive at the limb. My jolts happen faster than that, so the brain in my head can have nothing to do with it. I'll liven up this bit of the talk on the subject of twitching legs with an on-the-spot report. I am currently standing up. I'm also remarkably tired. Now, standing whilst being tired is uh, fairly irritating for me. It's uh, hard to maintain. But standing up is a thing that I find I have to do in order to stop legs twitching. A problem with standing up is, of course, you're bearing your weight on your legs. Now, if the leg decides to twitch whilst it is in the process of bearing weight, like when you're standing, the knees will give. And with any luck, the rest of your body's automatic systems will be clever enough to notice this and do something about it. This cannot be guaranteed, or certainly can't be relied upon. I have been, in quite a number of occasions, standing up, or walking and the knee is gone all the other knees gone and this is rather frightened me especially on say things like escalators it's particularly irritating though if when you're sitting down and the knee decides to do something particularly stupid 
like kick. And where you're sitting appears to be a public place like a tube or a bus. Now, a solution to this is to stand up, which does look a bit odd if you've just been given a seat because you've got a stick in a crowded tube in the first place. If you stand up with your stick in the crowded tube and the person who gave you your seat is still there, you sort of, I don't know, it's rather a, uh, an embarrassing situation. The whole thing's embarrassing. I mean, there are times when I need to sit down. I need to have a seat on a train. And I've got a collapsible stick. I can take it out of my bag and unfurl it. Instant disability. <laughs> well, a visual at least. It's, it's real, it's true. But if somebody sees you doing it, they could think otherwise. Nobody has. But like the other problem of being in a, in a crowded tube, if you smell something unpleasant, I immediately think it's me. But uh, there's no absolute reason to suspect that, especially not when you get out of the whatever it is you're in and the smell goes away. But I've got the sort of face that registers these problems when I detect them. And my concern is that it is me, but my face is saying, it's you, whoa. Pigeon, Lord, near head. So I said I was going to liven it up. Well, there you go. Um, maybe it smelt me coming. When I was walking to the uh, place where I was coming from, I noticed a smell, a slightly illegal smell coming from a bloke who was walking in front of me. He wasn't walking particularly fast, probably because of whatever it was he was smoking. He was walking faster than me though, because as I said, I'm tired. The, uh, the smell goes on for a long, long way. It was about 100 feet away and I could still smell it. I turned a corner, lost him, turned another corner, smelt the smell, looked up, there he was. I don't know. I'd like to point out at this point that that particular smell is much more bearable than the awful one that came out of standard sponsored by British American tobacco cigarettes as, uh, as also touted by uh, Ken Clark, uh, MP for Rushcliffe. Um, I did bring this up when I stood against him in 1992 or 2005 because, well, a young squit such as myself, even in those days, didn't quite have the audacity to uh, bring him to task. But anyway, good thing is, when I was on the hustings with said lad, my legs were not in the habit of going off by themselves randomly. But uh, they do now. Increasingly so, and in fact, from time to time, it's not just my legs. It could be, well, both of them, or indeed an arm, or another. I see. Well, I, I assume that is something I can walk past and ignore. It's uh, coming from not far away. Open windows. Oh, oh well. I don't come across that sort of thing often. 
I think that's just somebody being a bit bit on the upset state by the fact that there's only one loud voice being raised. But uh, I'll make it out of the fact. Half past five, two doors down, and it's Saturday. Don't like that. Yeah. Um... I'm going to investigate. Calm and possibly because seen staring through window. Oh, there you go. Well, as I said, stirs up the day a bit, doesn't it? Hmm. Right. Now to make myself an absolutely wonderful, very large omelette and pretend it is a slimming egg. <sighs> I wonder if there's any association between the weight that is bearing down on said wobbly legs, knees and other bits of uh, supporting material and the weight that I might lose should my brand new egg diet work. Well, anyway, there your roving reporter signing off. That was Simon Anthony on Torty Talks in a medical vein.